0: Like, I just, like, I remember that exact feeling, like, right when it happened, like, when when it just, like, all hit me at once, and, like, it just, like, completely overwhelmed me.
1: Hi, guys.
2: Welcome to the Death of My Podcast. My name is Daniel, the host, where every week I just talk to an old friend, new friend, someone I've known forever, someone I just met. We talk about their story and how they experience grief and death and... It's been really cool so far, so (laughs) far, so far. Today I talked to my friend Bobby, my new friend Bobby. He uh, was a connection through someone else I did an episode with, and it's really cool to see all these dots and lines start connecting. Um, Bobby lost his brother to an overdose a year ago this last Thursday. We talk about their relationship, and how he's doing now in his grief. Um, please enjoy Bobby. Hi, it's your dad. Just call to
1: say hi. Check it out and see how you're doing. I hope all is well. Everything's pretty much the same here. I'm doing okay. I love you.
0: So my name is Bobby Nefsker, and I'm living in Walnut Creek, California, Um, so East Bay uh, near San Francisco, and I moved out here about a year ago, Um, and that was following almost a decade of being in the Navy, and so I went to school in Annapolis, Maryland at the Naval Academy, and then after I graduated in 2014, I moved to... Florida. That's where I started my Navy time. And I lived in a bunch of different places, uh, such as Florida, Rhode Island, Virginia, I deployed to the Middle East, uh, for about seven months. And then I also was stationed in Mississippi. And then finally I I went to South Korea for a year. And so my last year in the Navy was over there in Asia. And then I came back to the U S and I found my first job out of the Navy in the uh, the Bay area. And so that's what got me out here.
1: Amazing. Can you talk a little bit more about the Navy and getting deployed and South Korea, just all those little goodies? What was it like? It's a, uh, it's a wild
0: ride. Um, it's kind of like being on a roller coaster uh, in the military. It yeah. just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's an amazing opportunity, I think, for people. And it definitely challenges you in every way. I mean, your, your career is usually going to challenge you. The travel is challenging. And then also, um, just like on a personal level, uh, you know, kind of having to overcome a lot of, uh, mental, um, mental toughness issues and physical toughness issues, but, um, uh, made a lot of my best friends in my life through the military and, um, have a lot of great memories. So, you know, I, my, when I first went to my first ship, I basically flew on a helicopter from bahrain which is like an island off the coast of saudi arabia um, that the u.s works with a lot over in that part of the world and i flew on a helicopter to a a ship and it was just like you're here this is you're gonna be your home for the next seven months in the middle of the persian gulf So that's, that's kind of like deal with it kind of thing. So, I mean, it's, it's very, that stuff happens. And like, when I look back on some of that stuff, I'm like, I can't believe like that's just normal in the military for people to do that. And like, um, you know, but you look back on it and you're kind of like, I did that. Like I got through that and um, definitely a, a fraternity and a, and a brotherhood and a sisterhood for the people that are in that organization. So
1: you were on a boat for seven months straight.
0: I was on a boat. Yes. So the that was a deployment and I was on a boat for seven months straight. And then when we came back, I still was a part of that ship for about two years. So most of my time was still very much on on board the ship. And you kind of go where the ship goes, even though I I had an apartment in Virginia where the ship was home ported. Uh we went down to Mississippi and then we would go other places too just for um training and visits. But uh yeah, I I was in the um, Persian Gulf. I pulled into Dubai one time, uh, went through the Suez Canal, uh, like through Egypt, and then visited um, Cyprus, which is a really beautiful island in the Mediterranean. And um, like you just see a lot of really interesting places and people join um, for a lot of different reasons. Some people join to, you know, get benefits. Some people join to, you know, that's because what their family does. And for me, a really big part of it was that adventure piece, like going to see other parts of the world yeah. and um i was really lucky i got to see parts of the middle east europe and then finally asia uh when i lived in korea for a year
1: so wild i, I feel like we could, we could we <laughs> could do a whole i could talk to you forever about that because my favorite thing is talking to people best about stuff i don't know and that's like a like you're in it for 10 years nearly 10 years there's so many stories you probably have
0: <laughs> it could be almost like a podcast actually you could you you maybe just gave me a podcast idea like just just like bringing veterans on and just like talking to them about their totally their experience i might I might actually think about that because that's a that's another big issue like you're you're tackling a huge issue, and I think that there's probably some other spaces that like these topics that have kind of been just like pushed under the rug yeah. for a long time and then yeah. like just giving people a space to like come out and talk about those things. So I don't know, maybe you just gave me an idea.
1: You know, what comes next is who
0: died. Um, so my brother, David, he, uh, he was 29 when he passed away and, um, he was my, I mean like my role model and my best friend and everything in life. I mean, he was just my, you know, my brother, he was my older brother. And, um, it's almost been one year since we lost him. Um, it was July 23rd, 2019. And so today's the 17th. So in about a week, we're going to have his, his one year. And, um, you know, so he, he was, he's such an, he was such an amazing and complex person. Mm. And, when I like when I think about him there are a lot of different feelings that come that come in um, and it can be hard sometimes to remember you know David uh, I don't know how much of this you're gonna take I'm kind of like it's, it's crazy because once you know, we may have to cut some of this out but like once you once you start once you start really thinking about it and like that's one of the most powerful things about your show is like you get people into the the state, like it takes a little bit to kind of just like lower into that part of your thinking or, or going yeah. to that, just like I'm sure you're used to with you know, talking to people. But so I lost, you know, kind of, kind of going back to that. So we lost David and um, so I'm, I was 27. David was 29 and he, uh, he died from an overdose. Um, so David was, Um, again, like my older brother, my role model, an amazing person full of energy. Um, But he also dealt with uh, addiction for over 10 years, Um, alcoholism, um, also gambling addiction, uh, drug addiction towards kind of the later part of his life. Um, And so our relationship really changed. And he you know, it just became, it became hard because I was in the military for all that time and it was a little more of a straight and narrow. And like, there were very, very clear rules and like sources of authority that I had in my life. And, and like, as we got older, even though we were super, super close growing up, um, he and I, we found ourselves, you know, kind of going down different paths in life where his is more like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, and you know he had he had things that he would be willing to do and not willing to do and um, for me it was like I had all these things that I basically had to do because that was just the organization that I worked for
1: yeah Um, but anyway so that's David do you feel like you joined the Navy at all because of him like did that spark your relationship seeing what he was doing make you want to you know steer clear from that I think I think he I think it did have a bit to do with
0: it. I mean, he he was always really encouraging to me. And um he always supported me. Like, even though he um and, and there's a lot of aspects that I could go into this, but even though his own life and his own struggles affected him on a pretty profound way, he always found a way to encourage other people. Which is something that's really interesting and we talked a lot about after he died. Um, but when I was in high school, he, he seeing what happened to him, it definitely kind, kind of made me realize how good of an opportunity it would be to go into the military. But I think it was something I would have done either way. There were definitely other
1: influences that, that led me into to go in that direction. July twenty third, two thousand nineteen where were you? Did you get the phone call? Like what, what happened? What was the situation? Yeah. Um,
0: so I may have to give a little bit of backstory to get to that day, but, um, but yeah, happy to, to talk about that. Okay. So I was finishing up my last year in the, in the Navy and I was in South Korea and I Was getting ready to move back to the US and that was in May of 2019 and I was it was such a long period of time in my life like that that was sort of like sealed up in like this nine year almost 10 year period where I was like in the military and so I was really excited to like get out and 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 kind of start my new chapter of my life and like this new experience um and kind of reconnecting with david and having a new relationship with him and like what that would look like that was all something i was really looking forward to and we stayed in touch and and we continued to talk and stuff and we were always very close but kind of like what i was saying a little while ago like the relationship had become difficult because his life and my life were just headed in very different directions in a lot of ways yeah so coming into june um he was he had made the decision that he was gonna come home to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where we were both uh we both went to high school. That's our hometown. Um, that's where my family still lives. And he was gonna come home, I was gonna come home, and we were gonna spend a few days together. And then Father's Day weekend was the weekend kind of that we were looking forward to seeing each other.
3: Yeah.
0: And we had known that David had been had been struggling, but we still thought as a family like we still need to, we still need to spend time together. Like we can't, you know, we have to show support. We have to be involved in each other's lives, even though, you know, we knew that David had been involved in some things um, that we didn't necessarily know exactly what was going on. It was, and with the, that was, that was the hard part about with David. Like we never really knew the full truth about yeah. what was going on because his addiction, which is something I've learned a lot about in this, you know, it, it is a disease and it can make you say and do things that are not true, that are dishonest and can even involve, you know, some dangerous stuff for the people that you love. Um, but we wanted to see him. We wanted, we wanted to be a family again. And we had a great visit for a few days. And then on Sunday, um, my family and I went to church, David stayed home. Um, and, uh, we went to church like my sister and my parents and I, my sister is uh, four years younger than me and we came home from church and he, had uh there was like a beer bottle cap on the counter and he came down the stairs uh he was clearly not looking good and he said he was having withdrawals and he had done some uh some shots of vodka and he had drank some some other drinks before you know and he just said i need to go to the hospital having withdrawals and we took him to the hospital and we just tried to support him and like not give a like a, like a, like a feeling like we were like disappointed and mad. I mean, obviously we were, you know, we were trying to spend their time as a family together and then this happened. So that made it hard, but we, um, we took him to the hospital and he, you know, basically started like a detox process, but we talked to him and my, my parents were really adamant that he should go to a rehab facility. And we you know we didn't want to force him to do it it's really a choice that we wanted him to make for himself um and he said he didn't want to do it in arkansas so he flew back to florida where he lived, southeast florida in like the um kind of like the miami fort lauderdale area mm. delray beach specifically is where he where he lived and so some more time went on and uh i got i got back from uh from the, again, I, I had just moved back from Korea. So like I was going through so many changes, um, all at once, uh, move, moving back from overseas, getting out of the military, starting a new job and moving to a new city. So I had just gotten this job offer out in the San Francisco area. And when I was in Korea, I met this. So kind of leading up towards the day here, um, of July 23rd. So I met this girl in, in Korea. And we started dating over there, and so I wanted her to come to the US and like visit, visit and see my family, and then and then ultimately kind of come out to San Francisco with me, and you know see what happens from there. And so yeah. she came, she came out there with me, and that was like July seventeenth. So we spent a lot of time there. We were having a good time, and the intention was that we were going to spend two weeks there before she flew back to Seoul, where she lives, and um, so kind of getting right up to the day now. Uh, july twenty third so woke up we were staying at like this airbnb in in the North Bay, and we went to this coffee shop in san francisco it's called Blue Bottle Coffee, and that was in the morning of the twenty third and I remember my sister texting me, and the text was like, "Hey, um, have you heard from david today and i I just said like, no, um, you know, and, and she said, Hey, mom is trying to get a hold of David, I think something's going on. And so, you know, going through 10 years of having an addict in your family, you have a lot of texts like this come up because yeah. you'd ever know if, you know, if they're dealing with something with the law or they're, you know, they're, they're struggling financially or something like that. And so I didn't, I didn't really think too much of it at first because I just was like, David's probably going through one of these things again. Um, but I called my mom about 30 minutes later just to see like, Hey, is everything going? Okay, whatever. And then she said to me, um, I can't talk right now. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. I need to call you back. Um, and that was the, I think that was the first time where I thought something's going on here and I got a little bit nervous, but I, I was with my girlfriend and we were trying to have fun and I didn't really want to think about anything else, you know, during that time, as I began all these new parts of my life. And then we went to this Korean store in San Francisco, cause I wanted to show you like, you know, we have Korean stuff, you know, Korean food if you want <laughs> in San Francisco. <laughs> and that's when I got the call from my mom and it was, I was standing in the middle of that store and she was like, Bobby, like, can you sit down somewhere? I need to talk to you. And I walked outside the store. And she said, I just got this call from the medical examiner in Florida and I tried to call your dad and he didn't pick up and you're the first person I'm calling. And I, I just wanted to let you know, we lost David, He's he's gone. And like, I just, I just, I had an immediate like kind of sad feeling at first. And then my body sort of like pushed that down. And like, I wouldn't kind of wouldn't let me Accept it, and so, like my girlfriend, she speaks decent English, but she's not fluent. And so, like trying to explain to her the news that I just had gotten was like, like I didn't even feel like I was real. It was real to me at the time. So like, I I I couldn't even like process it at all, and I just told her what had happened, and then we got in the car, and we drove over here to the East Bay and Walnut Creek and like so many things were in motion in my life like I had my car coming out here with like a bunch of stuff inside of it that hadn't arrived yet and like that was something I had to get like there were all these things that I had to like tie up administratively before I could even like get back home and I had to start thinking about like you know is Hyo Young my girlfriend's name is and I was asking like, is she going to go back? Is she going to come back to Fayetteville with me? Right. But my mind was totally in like administrative mode and like the emotion had not set in that anything had happened. And it was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't really believe it or understand it. And then, um, and I talked to my brother two, two days before that and like, he didn't sound bad um, on the phone. And then really when it hit me was when I got on the plane, Hyoyeon had Hyoyeon, I had to change her flight. She flew back to Seoul. I flew home to Arkansas the next day. My sister picked me up at the airport. She was in tears. I still hadn't processed it at that point. And so I was looking very blank and numb probably yeah. to her. And then I got home to my parents' house and they had like all these pictures of my brother like sprawled out on like the kitchen table and yeah, like the bar and there were all these people there. And then like my dad came up to me and he put his arm around me. My mom came up to me and she put her arm around me and like, like, I just, like I remember that exact feeling, like right when it happened, like when, when it just like all hit me at once. And like, it just like completely overwhelmed me. And like, I just remember that. I just remember that feeling, man. And like, that's when, that's when the real, hit like set in that like he's he's gone and i and like that's what that's when i first took my first bite out of like that (laughs) that part of it and i was like oh my god like this is real like i can't believe this so yeah i'll I'll kind of pass it back to you but that's that's sort Mm -hmm. of how i arrived at that day and and so it was like i was going through all these changes in my life Mm -hmm. and so much stuff was just moving you know, with getting out of the military and like trying to trans transition into civilian life. And like, I had this overseas girlfriend and I was like looking for a new job and I moved out to California. And then like, this was just like this bombshell like thing that happened in my life. And so I, I think I was just unable to accept it for like the first 48 hours until I was actually back home physically around my family again and like saw the effect that it was having on like people that were close to me. Did you guys have a funeral while you were there? Yes. So um, I basically called my employer and I just said, like, I'm not going to be able to start on the day we agreed. I need some extra time. And they were really supportive and, and, and everything. So that was great. So I just agreed to stay around. Um, and something really interesting happened. My dad, my dad um, made, like, kind of an executive decision for my family that we were going to go down to Florida and he booked a plane ticket for himself, my mom, me and my sister. And I just gotten back home like the night after we lost David. And then the next morning, like we were jumping on another plane (laughs) down to Florida. So like, like I I, like so much stuff just continued to be like this whirlwind for me and to answer the question about the funeral yes we wanted to have the funeral but we wanted to you know my dad felt like it was really important for us to go down to Florida and to like be in that space and and and, like be around because that's where we would have seen David like is down in in that southeast Florida area and like we got down there and it was like raining and storming like sometimes in the summertime in Florida it can get really like in the afternoon like a lot of thunderstorms man totally and like it just felt like the world was crying (laughs) <laughs> like, like it, it, it was, it was so crazy how like the mood of the weather just matched like exactly what we were going through that day.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, David, we always kind of were worried about David in the sense that like, he's getting into a lot of stuff that we don't necessarily as a family think is good. You know, like, you know, the drug world, the gambling world, some of this stuff and like that, that didn't define him, but he, he did interact with some people that maybe had adjacencies to those worlds. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to really involve our family in that. So we had to keep a little bit of a of a barrier up. But like David did have a lot of friends though. And like he did care a lot about his people that were in his world. And so like a lot of those people were coming out of the woodwork, like messaging me, my dad, my my family. And so we like just in this total like spur of everything, we set up like this meeting down there to like meet some friends of of him of his and like some of our family members like we have family in Tampa and Fort Myers Florida and they drove across the state to like meet up and we had this like little table at this restaurant that some of these people just like put together where we were going to like you know put some pictures out and just kind of like have a little bit of like a remembrance for him and like this stuff was happening so fast that like I can't, I can't even like in, it's so, I don't even know how that even happened. Like yeah. it just, it all just kind of happened. Yeah. Um, and David's body was with the, was with the, um, the state and the state was going to, sh- uh, ship his body back to Arkansas and we were going to have the funeral in Arkansas and he was going to be buried there. And my parents thought that that was the best thing. Um, and I, and, and that was the best thing for sure. Yeah. Um, so we had, we had this amazing like ceremony down there and like all these people were there and talking and like I went, we went to David's apartment and it was just me and my dad and, and one of David's really, really close friends um, named Ari. And he was kind of like a surrogate brother for my, for my brother. Like mm-hmm. Ari and I are the same age. And so Ari was like kind of this other little brother that David had, but they were really close. And like, they just went through a lot of stuff together. Um, business partners for a while. They were friends. Like they loved going out in Florida and just doing all the fun stuff. And like,
1: yeah.
0: like Ari and I just like cried together so much that day. And like, we went to my brother's apartment and just like seeing like where my brother lived and seeing his stuff. And, um, I I can't think of like a lower point than that in terms of like just the intensity of it, because literally being in my brother's apartment and like him not being there was so weird to me. Like, like where's David? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is his apartment. And like when we were at this event, like with all these people, it was an amazing turnout and people were coming out. But like I turned my head and like, I almost felt like I would see David. Like I was like, he should be here right now with all of us that was a really random trip um to go down there we almost we had a layover it almost didn't happen but like it felt it felt like looking back on it like we were all happy we went down there and uh, and then we ended up coming back and then the funeral was about four days later it was it, it was there was a weird delay because the just the transfer of the body and like making sure that you know the body was in condition for an open cat you know open casket funeral and, and 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 that kind of thing and um
1: you had an open casket. it was
0: yes how no, was- we, we 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 had we had we had a viewing and um and yeah so that that was uh gosh i mean like i think it was the monday after he died so he died on tuesday it was the monday after
1: that um how was that Um, it was, it was not
0: quite what I expected it to be. I think, I I think I expected it to be a very, like, I thought like that would be the most, um, sort of intense moment of it. Um, but that's where I really felt for the first time, like there's the body and there's the person, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, and like, just because his body's there, like he's not there. And so I sort of felt like, you know, that was, it was impactful and it it does give you some closure. Um, And Ari actually, Ari was David's really close friend. He was the only person that flew back from Florida to make it to the funeral in Arkansas, Mm -hmm. um, which was really powerful and meant a lot to my family. And and Ari is Jewish. And so he was talking about how like, in Jewish faith, they don't have they don't look at the body after death. Like they just they they have a close cast and they bury. Um but he said even for him like it was really powerful and like Ari and I just got really close in that time period and it was kind of interesting and 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 I just think that like when I when I look back at that event, it was it was good, but it didn't have the negative impact on me that I kind of expected it to be. Like yeah. there were so many of my family around that it was like there was just this like warmth in the room. Um, that was really their supporting and like, um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely hard, but it wasn't, I, I guess it wasn't, that wasn't the lowest it was for me. Um, yeah, I guess that's what I would say to, to that.
1: If, do you feel like it has over the years shaped you and your sister's relationship in a different way or you and your parents, do you feel like the dynamic in the family changed? Yeah, it's, it has
0: changed. Um So my sister got engaged about two months before we lost David. And we were all, we were all kind of wondering like, what's that going to be like? I mean, like David, you know, to, for my sister to have a wedding and David not being there. Like, I mean, David, David's a groomsman, I mean he's a brother of the bride and 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 like that was really sad like when i I started thinking about that about my sister like at her wedding, like how she's not gonna have one of her brother like I just like that that really hurt to think about and um, her fiance at the time was so like supportive and caring, and like i just i'm so happy that she's with him and they're married now and stuff and 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 that's a whole different story they they ended up not having a wedding because of coronavirus and like they got, oh they got married in any way yeah it's been a weird it's been a weird year for our family man but yeah. uh we all got coronavirus by the way like that was that was crazy <laughs> i've recovered from it now but like dude it's um oh no it's it's been it's been crazy but but at, but the, the big shift was like we lost david so it used, it used to be like david was the, the big brother i was a middle child kelly was kelly was the youngest and then yeah. now it's like you know kelly is married no, David and then I'm also around mm-hmm. so it's a v- it's a different dynamic and like it all changed really fast and all at once and like for me that's been that was different difficult and like another thing too is they all live in Arkansas right and I live in California and so there's a physical distance there too and I think that when I look back at that time, I mean, I don't necessarily have any regrets, but could I have just said, you know, maybe said no to the job and then decided to live in at home for a while just to like be with my family?
1: Yeah.
0: I think there's a strong case that that could have been made for doing that. Um, especially the, I mean, the job that I had, it was like a work from home job and I would like, it was a sales job. So I like, I would visit clients and and stuff like that. but like. Just to be out here, man, like, I I think that the real sadness kicked in, like, after I was out here, like, on my own, and, like, I have a roommate, I had a roommate moved in after, like, a month or two, but, like, damn, like, those first few weeks, like, I was in quite a low place, man. Like, the warm weather was, like, kind of a slap in the face out Mm -hmm. here, because California is so beautiful, but, like, I just hated it, and it was so hard to, like, be away from my family, who, like, I really needed at the time. Yeah and it was like what well, i kind of had this big like what am i doing sense kind of set over me and so like my parents are the most loving people and very supportive my sister's awesome we've become really close over the last several years as she's kind of become old enough to like you know i, I there's a difference when it's like i'm kind of an adult and she's still kind of growing up and now it's like we've both been adults for a few years so like we've we've had a more of a relationship you know now and so yeah like that's definitely good. Um but I do think that we have all handled it in different ways. I I I think that like you know, my, we're all we're all doing the best that we can with it and and um you know, but like it definitely it definitely makes you kind of question everything that happened before. You know, and I'm sure you can relay like there's that kind of line between like the before and the after.
1: Yeah. And It's crazy. One thing, one thing I just thought was thinking of is like, you like just hearing where you were a year ago, like a few weeks before July twenty third, like even Father's Day, like, I know exactly where I was last year. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's just so crazy that now a year later, we can connect and like, talk about like this week or these couple days, like I remember exactly where I was and where you were. And it's just crazy to me. What are your thoughts on death? Like, where do you, what do you think happens after we die?
0: Man, I was like kind of, uh, I was kind of anticipating this, this question. Um, because my thoughts have actually changed on this topic since this happened Sure. and I'm not exactly sure how people that know me would like react to what I'm about to say, but I have not really had the, the most conviction when it comes to faith and i grew up in a really strong christian home um i i left the house and i had a lot of time where i studied like other religions besides christianity and i definitely resonate really strongly with christianity in the sense of like i'm very familiar with the scriptures and like jesus the person that jesus christ was and 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 that um but I've also been in an Islamic society for a while. I've also been in a Buddhist society, you know, studied Buddhism in South Korea. Um, And so I have a lot of thoughts that I don't really know. I don't really know exactly what I think. I did have about three or four months after David died, I had this really powerful, like, like resurgence, kind of like reawakening of like, be believing in God and like believing in Christianity. And I think I had hit a really, really low point. And I think that like I had tapped into this like understanding of like God and like you know purpose and like everything that happens for a reason, and like things like that and we have a like my parents have a really good pastor back home like at their church that they go to, and he was the officiate the um the officiate at our funeral for David, and like he was really, really encouraging and and just like helped us a lot with making sense of like just everything at the time and 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 what we, you know, how to, how to just be calm and like have peace. And like, I think that like spiritual leaders are amazing in that regard and like can really help. But on a theological sense, man, I I really do struggle with this, the idea of the supernatural. And I think that I really connected like with what kind of like with what Justin was talking about um, in his episode of, of this. And like, there is this sense that we're kind of just part of the world and we're part of the earth. And, um, I don't definitively, I can't definitively say like, you know, heaven, hell, um, afterlife reincarnation. I don't really know for sure what I, what I believe about that. Um, and I definitely think that it can be, it can be tough when, when you do lose somebody and you don't really know, where you stand on that because a lot of people get comfort in having that that sureness of like my love you know they went to heaven or like you know they're in a better place right and all i really know is that i mean david's gone and like that's you know like i i can't i can't erase his name from my favorites because you know it's in my favorites on my phone and like i don't want to erase that but i know that he's not there if i call you know and it's like I might feel a nudge from him, you know, in, in, in some kind of sense, but I don't nef- I don't definitively say that's from like a spl- like a supernatural place or from heaven or from mm. God or something. Like I just, I have my memory of him and that's what I, I know that that's there. And I try to hold on to that.
1: Do you feel like you have some sort of, like you say you feel a nudge like what do you feel or what do you see is there something because for me for some reason every time I see a bee like one bee by itself I think of my dad like do you have anything like that
0: that's cool I, I think that's awesome and like I would say that yeah man like like David when I think back and like this has continued to grow over the past year but like David was so much more involved in my life than I realized um, before his death. Like when he died, that's, and in the months following that, like, that's when I realized how influential David was in my life. Cause as a little brother, I mean, when you're growing up with somebody, I mean like that's your person, like that's just, they paved the way for you in school. They paved the way for you in dealing with the parents, making friends talking to girls, dealing with bullies, you know, all your interests come kind of comes from them all your yeah. st- I mean, like that's, I remember us growing up together watching like, you know, *Tsunami* and like, you know, like, uh, you know, the same kind of shows and mm-hmm. like, you know, playing the same games, you know, he played football. I, then I played football. Like, I mean, it was just like, he, he was the strong man in my life. Mm-hmm as early as i can remember and even when he was doing stuff that i didn't necessarily that i kind of knew was like well i don't necessarily want to go down that road like i don't want to go down the gambling road or Mm -hmm. i don't want to go down like the the heavy party like lifestyle road and and, and that kind of thing and granted a lot of this kind of ties back to mental illness or not or mental uh you know mental illness and mental health and that kind of thing and Mm what I just what I just realized with that is like he had so much more influence over my life and so like as these months kept going by like I would see things just like you were talking about with like you would see a b and for me it was like music that I would listen to me and Dave I mean we talked a little bit earlier before we went on like about the the music part like we would do raps David wrote like hundreds of songs and like after he passed like I found a like a little passport hard drive that had a lot of his music projects on it. Some that like we had never heard before. Um We played some of that music at his funeral. Um, we continue to enjoy that. I mean, he just had a really gift for like literary ability and um poetry basically. I mean, he, he was really, really talented. And like, just when I, when I drive around and like, when I just think about, you know philosophy we love to talk philosophy we love to talk like you know questions about life and like the universe and stuff like that and like all those topics remind me of my brother and all of those interests that i had remind me so to be honest this last year has been a big question of like who am i because so much of my thoughts about who i was i got from my brother And like, that has been the part of the grief that's been the really enduring part of it is like, what now? Like every time I'd ever see something cool, I would send it to David or I would call David or I would ask what David thought about this. Or like, if I came across some issue, like in society, like a news article, I'd be like, what would David, what would David's response be to this? You know, like that was like such an anchor, you know, intellectually, emotionally, humor and, 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 and like just to have that part of my life gone is so um it it really feels like it's like a new a very new beginning in a lot of ways
1: yeah gosh he's such sounds like such a cool rad guy do you have a favorite memory with him he was amazing man
0: he uh he was like the strongest person i knew like like physically too. He was a very big guy. He broke like all kinds of like weightlifting records in Arkansas. Crazy. Um, Like it was, it was just so, it was so amazing. He was very smart. He was musically gifted. I mean, he just, he had, he had so many interesting qualities, but he also, um, but he also had a side of him that got wrapped up in, you know, very addictive, he had a very addictive personality. And so Mm -hmm. like when he would get into something, it was like, that would just totally take over his, his life. Um, if I had to think of like a favorite memory, um, yeah, I can give you like two different ones. Sure. Um, I got back from deployment in 2016. And at the time I was dating a girl that was also in the Navy and we broke up like right after I got back from deployment, and I kind of just like impulsively flew to or dro- I drove. I drove from from Virginia to Florida to like visit David, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Dude, he's like, I'm totally blocking out my schedule. He's like, we are gonna have the best week ever." And like that was, and so like we went to like Miami Beach, and we were drinking margaritas. And we were wakeboarding, and like we were, we were just like having all this fun. And like it was, it was just the complete opposite of like everything I had gone through for the last seven months, which was like every day has a schedule, every day has a rigorous, you know, thing that you got to be, place you need to be. And then like going and visiting David, which was just like I'm my own man, I do what I want. Like this is where I live. Like you know, yeah. come into my. And just like, it was just so the epitome of like what David was in my life. Just like this trailblazing, like everything, everything man to me. And so we had so much fun um, when we were down there together. Um, And then just like a funny memory that kind of tells you about more like our relationship. We grew up in Arkansas, but we actually lived in Missouri a little bit um, when we were a bit younger. Mm -hmm. And I think like when I was in maybe fourth grade and David was in sixth grade, we would like go through these, like these, like uh, we had a lot of wooded area in our backyard um in, in, in the St. Louis, Missouri area, suburb of St. Louis. And so like we discovered this like log that was like, cro- like this massive tree that had fallen across a river or a Creek. And there was like this shiny object, like in the water. And my brother was really, really good at like convincing people of things. And like, building things up and like getting people excited about stuff. He like, he like had me thinking like in my fourth grade mind that like this little shiny object in the water was like this, this thing worth like millions and millions of dollars. And like, Mm -hmm. we have to get it. We have to get it. And like, he created this like really like rickety device that was like a log. And then like these pieces of rope and he was like, I'll lower you down and you just get (laughs) it out of the water and like, bring it back to me and like, we'll be rich. And like, that's it and like as basically immediately when i sat down on this thing he let go and i fell straight into the water (laughs) (laughs) and then once i was in the water instead of like asking me like are you okay are you okay he's like dude he's like you he's like you're already there like just pick it up you're good you're good oh man
1: that was
0: uh that was a little just like a brotherly classic brotherly story i love Um, it
1: where where do you think you are today in your grief
0: I think that, um, I still feel it all the time, man. Like it is, it is definitely something that I just like, I always think about, I always think about Dave. I always think about like growing up together, you know, so much stuff I like and I love kind of like what I was saying is, is, is tied to him. Um, and I'm definitely still finding my way through the life man yeah. uh it 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 really like when i was in when when march happened i got I got the coronavirus I went home, I spent a lot of time with my family, and like just being in that house again, man, like when I'm upstairs, we have two stories in our in our house at home, and like when I'm in the upstairs like i you know I can hear his voice sometimes, just like walking around up there, and mm. you know we had like this back room with like a ping pong table and you know, so many good memories back there and like playing music together. And um, I kind of question like, I don't know if going home is like, helpful or not to me, because it's great to be back there with my family. But like, the house that we have, like, there's so many like memories associated. I, th- I think overall, I would say it's it's positive. But like, there are moments there where it just becomes it becomes tough. And like, I have to kind of like, You know, I I definitely let myself grieve sometimes, and like, I'll maybe watch a clip from a movie that we love. Like, um, David loved Gladiator, or David loved The Matrix, and (laughs) um, like The Last Samurai, like those epic kind of movies and stuff. And so, like, sometimes I'll just watch like a clip from that, and like, I'll kind of tear up watching that. Um, even like, I don't know if you know, like, Studio Ghibli movies, like, Spirited Away, um, some anime stuff, like, David showed me a lot of that, and so anything Japanese um also really hits really hard for me like when i watch that stuff um i watched my i watched uh, what is it my my neighbor totoro i watched my neighbor totoro uh the other night and like just like when i just like when i immediately see like those visuals and the and hear the the piano music in those movies it just really it hits me so much more than it did before david died Mm -hmm. and Just stuff that stuff that um, I know that that I'm still thinking about him and grieving because there are just things like anytime I see a TV show, like, um, for example, Stranger Things. um, Like, uh, you know, at the end, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a scene where there's, you know, somebody that is trying to save somebody from dying. And like anytime I see death in a TV show. um, It just hits me harder, which is every show.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. I know, man. It's 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 uh it's incredibly powerful and it it really makes me think a lot more about like authors and writers that create these stories. And I can really kind of tell like, okay, somebody has lost somebody has experienced loss that's writing Mm -hmm. this show or like writing this song or something, you know, versus some things where it's like, well, I don't really feel a lot of depth there. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like this club that you're in that, like, you don't want to be in. But if you're in it, you kind of know who else is in the club sort of thing. Totally. So that's sort of where I'm at right now. I think um, it comes and goes, though, man. Like, I mean, you know, you you definitely understand it. and And, like, I... I do have a hard time sometimes when there's something that I would normally show my brother or normally want to talk to my brother about. And that's just no longer possible.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is sometimes that that can bum me out and make it hard for me. And so, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm still, I'm I'm still finding my way through it, but my family's been amazing and Mm -hmm. they're also grieving still. And I try to try to not make it about me. Even though I do feel a lot, like it's like they're experiencing it too. Like my parents are going through their own grieving of losing a child. Yeah. And my sister is also grieving losing her brother. And so it's different grief. We do feel it together, but it's also different. And um I try to remember that too, because it can be very easy to get wrapped up in your own grief. Right. But I have to step back and ultimately doing that over and over has made me a more empathetic person. I would say to like just anyone like yeah. could be somebody that works at Starbucks or could be somebody that, you know, walking past me on the street or like somebody that I see in the elevator or something. And like, just being really considerate that like, they could have just gotten the phone call yeah, today. You're right. I don't know, you know, and, 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 and just like, cause, cause I remember being, I remember being like, on the plane to Florida to like go visit where my brother was and my whole family was on the plane and there's all these people around and it's like, they have no idea what news we just got, like how, how our life just got overturned like that. Like it's all around us, man. And like, that's ultimately, I really connect with like some of the stuff from, from the East. Like when I was learning about Buddhism, like, I mean, Buddha basically just said like suffering is everywhere. Like everything is suffering and nothing you can get is going to fix that. And I just, I took a lot of strength from that kind of like when I, stuff that I had learned in Korea and like going out on my own, it's like nothing is going to fix. It. And the only way is to just let go of some of the stuff. And it's a huge process. And like, I, I took a lot of strength, I think from that philosophy. And I think that, I think that that was really important to me, um, you know, in that process. And, and, and Christianity too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff from Christianity that has, has helped me and guided me into sort of this feeling of like, you know, um, you know, you can't get too wrapped up. Like, you know, Christ talked about the day has enough of its own worries. Like today has enough worries of its own. Don't worry about where you're going to be in the future. Don't let your thoughts just like run away from you. And Mm. that's why I love this, this podcast, you know, learning about learning about you and what you're doing and learning about other people that are doing this. It's like, there's so many of us out there going through this and like, I can only imagine with coronavirus, like how many more deaths are going to happen. Like grief is going to go up in, in our world and in our country. And so many more people are unfortunately dealing with this, but the positive is that we can, we can glean from other people like wisdom, emotional support. And I've gained a lot of hope in that. So even though, just like you, man, like I still feel it a lot. I'm encouraged by that idea. And that's helped me with getting back on the horse to find another job. And that's helped me with like keeping myself healthy and trying to like go make friends and like not be dominated by it and to find a way to have it both, you know, have, have the deep side where I can go deep if I need to, but also have the, have the positive side and kind of just like run with those together.
1: Yeah. Hmm. If you could tell him one more thing, what would you tell him?
0: I would just tell I would just tell him that like no matter how much he thought he disappointed somebody or no matter how much he thought that like he caused pain to anybody because he did think that I think like when I've I've read through stuff that he's written down and I've read about, you know, what he thought about, I would just tell him you were loved so much by so many people
1: yeah.
0: and hundreds of people came to his funeral
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and and dozens of people came the day after he passed to remember him and to spend time and to be with him. And he was so loved and by his parents and by his brother and by his sister. And like, this is a powerful story too. Like my, my uncle and my cousin, my uncle's son, like they didn't talk for a long time. They were, they were at odds with each other and, and for about a five year period. And when we lost David, like they talked for the first time in five years. Mm. And they came to, they came to Delray beach and they met with us and they hugged and they cried with us and like that restored their relationship. And like David had such a positive impact on so many people. And I know he struggled with a lot of things, but I wish he knew how many people felt his presence on the earth. Yeah. And and that would be the one thing I would tell him. And also just how much I love him and how much he shaped my life. And that I miss him more than more than I can say, man.
1: Um, I did an episode a few weeks ago with this girl, Kellyanne. Um she also lost her brother to an overdose. I just want to tackle overdose for a hot second and drug use and, and if you can just share how it's impacted your life and how, you know, doing this kind of stuff, not only affects them, but like their family and the people closest to them.
0: Yeah. I listened to that episode and I, I like found myself pausing it and just like looking at the sky, like, Oh my gosh. Because a lot of the episodes, I connect with it, but the grief is a little different. And with Kellyanne, I, I really connected with a lot. And so talking about the issue of um, overdose, addiction, these are these are some of those other problems that are swept under the rug in society. And we don't know how to deal with them a lot of times because you don't learn about it in school. Um, you might know someone that has it, but like you don't want to bring it up. Because you don't want to bring discredit on their family or embarrass them or something like that. Yeah. And so David had an addictive personality from a young age, and he he ultimately had to deal with this. And I think that I think that that was something that we didn't understand that well as a family. I mean, we you know sometimes I think when you're a parent and your kid is doing this, like you know when they're they're not spending time doing their schoolwork or something because they're addicted to a, a video game or they're addicted to, you know, whatever, or like they go to college and they're doing, they're doing drugs or they're drinking a lot or something Um, or they're gambling addictively. It's like, what's wrong? It's like, what's wrong with them? And if you met somebody that had diabetes or cancer, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say what's wrong with that person. You would say like, how do we help fix that person's condition or how do we treat that person? And so for like a couple of years before David died and then, and then especially this past year, I've learned a lot about, how, um, really a lot through the Al-Anon organization,
1: Hmm.
0: um, which is something I went to and I still, I, like, I, I, I connected a lot with, with those people. And I think I learned a lot from, from going to that, but, um, it's really more about how to like, you know, how to understand addiction. And so it's a really tough thing. And I don't, I don't necessarily have the answer for how to solve the actual mental disease of, Hmm. of addiction. The mental illness, but I do understand more about how to be a family member of someone that's an addict or a close friend of someone that's an addict. And um, I strongly recommend connecting with an Al Anon organization. I think that's really helpful um, Mm -hmm. because you meet other people that are dealing with the same thing. Um, And just kind of the most important lesson that I've taken away from that has been that you ultimately don't cause someone to be addicted to something and your own ability to not solve their problem is not, it's not you. It's the, it's the addiction and it's not the other person necessarily. It's the, it's the addiction that is really the quote unquote, quote enemy uh, Mm -hmm. of the, of the situation. And so I had a lot of trouble sometimes talking to David about this because it's like the addiction becomes so ingrained that like it's not like they have themselves. And then the addiction that they also kind of fight off, it's like the addiction really runs their entire brain and it really runs how they interact with their friends, how they interact with their family. And so they'll tell, look, they'll kind of get into this mode of like they'll tell you what you want to know. They'll tell you what you want to hear. They'll paint things a certain way. They'll reveal the information that they want you to know. They'll leave out the things that they don't want you to know um and you know it's like that that's that's really tough because you want to have hope and there would be big periods of time daniel where like we thought david was doing great you know we'd we'd see pictures of him he'd you know he'd be clean shaven he'd have a good you know good haircut he looked fit he looked like he was working out he's doing well with his job and then we wouldn't hear from him for a month and it was like back to square one, and you know it's like we we knew that he was struggling with money, or like we'd pick him up at the airport and he would be drunk, you know, yeah. and so like that is really hard to deal with, and I think especially like I think about my sister because just be like kind of growing up through like high school and middle school, and like you're being sent all these messages from like authorities in your life about like the dangers of drugs, the dangers of alcohol and then you have like a family member that's doing that. And like, I would just say to anyone that like is dealing with that, like there's a really great organization, Al-Anon, al um, where they help people to deal with this because it's really hard in a, in a situation where there's somebody in your life that affects you and it, like, it doesn't stop affecting you. It's this stress that's on your life. And so in a weird way, like, and and please don't misinterpret this, but like when David passed away, there's sort of this relief that like this cycle of addiction and then recovery and addiction and recovery and addiction recovery. recovery, It's like, it's over in in a weird sense. And the pain doesn't end because now you're grieving and you're still dealing with that. And a lot of people that go to Al-Anon, they have lost people and they still go to Al-Anon for several, several years. And it's just part of their life because like, that's, that's part of the healing process for them over their life. It's not this thing that you just fix and it's over. It's like, you need to go back and and understand that, you know, if you're experiencing feelings of guilt, you know, that's misplaced because you can't control someone's addiction. You can't cause someone's addiction. You can't cure someone's addiction. It's just this thing that they have. And we're doing more research on how it happens and really how the brain works. And I'm really excited to like find out what comes of that. There's a lot of organizations like, um, shatterproof and, and others that, that do raise money to try to figure out how to treat this better. Yeah. And some of these drugs, man, like they, they're so powerful that they, I mean, like you can't really unaddict yourself to them. Um, like the opiates are really powerful. And we had, we had learned only in the last month of my brother's life that he had, that he had done opiates And we didn't, we didn't really know how powerful those were. We didn't really, I, my family, I mean, I, I, I were, I was in the military for all this time. I didn't didn't do any drugs or anything like that. It's just not, it's not something I thought about at all. It was just like totally a foreign thing to me. And so like coming to grips with the reality of that. And then like thinking about how many other people in the world and like in our country, that's a big issue right now too. Like the, the prescription opiates, but also the, the, you know, um, The illegal ones, yeah. It's like, wow, like this is this is so damaging. And there's probably people that they're not they're not overdosing, but it's just this, it's this process that's running and and really, really controlling their life and their and their family's life and well being. And so many other people get affected by that, just like a like a spider web effect of of everyone that they've impacted through that
1: use. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for being a part of this. I really think that like you sharing your story is powerful. And I think not only does this help me, this helps who knows how many people, you know what I mean? Like this, it's a big thing what you're doing. And it's so fresh still for you. Like it's not even been a year yet. Um would you be interested in all of like sh- having people be able to reach out to you if they also lost a brother or they also are going through a sibling with addiction? And if so, do you want to go ahead?
0: Uh, yes. Thank you for, um, thank you for listening. I know that like, it's a big, um, it's a big, it's a big undertaking to do what you're doing with, with, listening to people and having them, uh, talk about a very, very heavy and personal topic. Hmm. Um, and I would be happy to talk to anyone that is going through addiction, um, just to be there for them, just to listen. Um, and also anyone that's lost someone, lost a brother or a sibling or something like that. Cause that's, that's actually a very, you know, in reading, reading, um, you know i wasn't ready to say goodbye and 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 other other grief literature it's it's the sibling loss is a little bit different i definitely connected with um with kellyanne in the last episode when she talked about how siblings have to stay strong for their parents yeah and i remember you commented and you were like i hate that and i I can't tell you enough how verbatim like that thought was and people mean well when they talk about, they, when they talk about being strong for people, but it's like, I did lose my brother too. And that's extremely powerful. And, And so, yes, I understand that that's a different type of loss and I would be happy to connect with people that also, you know, are dealing with that too. How can they find you? um so people can reach out to me it's bobby sf and um maybe you can tag that on the podcast totally posting. yeah um and yeah they can they can just shoot me a message or or follow me and would love to connect and mm-hmm. uh it's a it's a great thing that you're doing and i Know that if you're listening, then I know that you will feel better from listening to this uh, because it is a topic that you're talking and listening with other people that are experiencing this. So, uh, love what you're doing, Daniel. And uh, thanks again for reaching out.
1: Well, thank you.
0: Hello.
3: Hi.
2: Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Yeah. How are you? Just fine. We ate acai bowls a little bit ago, and I think you have some on your face.
3: Yeah, and in my teeth.
2: Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. They were pretty good. Yeah, I feel like it's the first time we've ever made them. I'm not sure. Anywho,
3: hey. What's going on? Um, I think I had
2: a hard time recently. Yeah. When was that?
3: This week. Remember, because of Comic Con. Oh yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. Comic Con. So, my dad and I grew up going to comic-con forever mm-hmm. you he collected everything like all of our old badges like tickets basically
3: he held on to more than just that i know he <laughs> collected
2: movie tickets and everything we did together really yeah which is cool yeah and then forever ago you put it into a book yeah which i looked at like when you did it but yeah. then i haven't looked at it since and then just looking through all the old badges and then i saw a photo of him and i mm-hmm. and then i cried
3: you got tears in your eyes. I got
2: tears in my eyes. Yeah, I guess it wasn't like a heavy cry, but I haven't right. but I had te- they were rolling off the cheek. Yeah. I haven't had true. that in a while.
3: Yeah. How yeah. did that feel?
2: It felt good and sad. I mean, Comic-Con is like a very huge part with my dad and I's relationship. Right. And every year mm-hmm. we just it was just him and I for days, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I I just have so many memories. -hmm. Waiting in a lot of lines, getting a bunch of free stuff, taking the trolley.
3: How old were you when you went to your first comic con?
2: I think it was in '99 or 2000, so like six or seven.
3: Oh, wow, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, and I've gone almost every year since. Nice. Even that one year when I came home from Australia, I went that one. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I try (laughs) my. That's crazy. I try to go as much as I can. Yeah. Um. And. That it was huge. We're still in it. Like it, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Today's Saturday. This will come out tomorrow on Sunday, mm-hmm. and it's just very special that you know it got canceled because of COVID. But they had an online Comic Con, online kind of thing where you could just watch panels or people just over Zoom, mm-hmm. and just being able to like just do that and see people like Kevin Smith or whosoever just like talking. It just feels familiar and it yeah. makes me happy because I think because last year. He died June 1st last year. Comic-Con happened in July. I feel like I was still pretty numb to everything. Yeah. Like I still went. Yeah. But it just, I feel like I, maybe I still have the, the grief, fog, brain, whatever, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How are you?
3: I'm fine. Busy.
2: Busy. If anyone listening <laughs> needs a bookkeeper slash organizer slash notary, who can they call? they can call you they can they can email you no they can text you oh no. they can dm me to reach (laughs) out and i'll give them your contact info better
3: i don't know i'm just starting it's all right oh my gosh this dog
2: our dog earlier (laughs) about 10 minutes ago we heard crunches and we looked over and he stole a chip tortilla chip out of a bag and was munching on it out
3: of a chip bag
2: he stuck his head in there and stole one chip
3: and and now he walks into the room Uh, what is he doing (laughs) like holding (laughs) my headband in his mouth and then he looks at me and wags his tail
2: (laughs) he thinks everything's a game these days
3: do you need attention
2: yes i do (laughs) um but really thank you for listening to these guys I, I don't know what keeps. Ha- we have more episodes to release. I have more people I'm going to be talking to. We're just going to keep going. There has been a lot of connections happening and a lot of community building all around the country, and I'm excited to see.
3: Are you still doing groups?
2: Yes, like- and that's tomorrow night. Oh, really? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So if you're listening to this by tomorrow, <laughs> by today, today it comes out by Sunday whatever whatever the date is <laughs>
3: before tomorrow at 6 p.m
2: yeah uh please dm me or sunday whatever. and if you want to be part of our grief group reach out let me know um you could send your email to me at any time and i'll add you to our little group text that we have to just catch up and chat and see how we are in a grief
3: but you have a zoom link right
2: yeah but i don't know it so just send me a dm and then because you oh, should be added to it kind of thing oh yeah just to keep the creepos away oh wow yeah other than that if you need anything this episode is also about overdose just like the last one and if you need anything at all or want to connect to other people that are siblings that have lost with overdose you can reach out to bobby he mentions his instagram and so does on in the previous episode um thank you so much love you
3: love you bye bye